I mean, it's almost like getting hit by a truck. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so powerful and you feel so humbled by the ocean. You're When you're swimming in the ocean, there's nothing that you can do to overpower it. And, and I, I, you almost have to give everything up and just let, and just be in the ocean. I think that's why it gives me so much peace to be in the ocean is just because I, I have no control and there's nothing I can do about it. Hello and welcome to Speaking From Water, episode 42. The only podcast on the internet that brings you water legends from water photographers to big wave surfers to lifeguard legends. And today we have a legend out of the Outer Banks. He is a young buck. He is doing amazing things. And the Outer Banks has never been so beautiful in my eyes. Mike Leach, thank you so much for joining us on Speaking From Water. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, dude. So uh, how, how are you doing today? Doing doing well. Got up early, went to the gym, feeling feeling good. <laughs> have you had a look at the ocean? I have not. I actually I have Surfline up here right now, and it's looking looking small and onshore. So, <laughs> so There's a not good much. day a good day for a podcast. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Looks like we got some waves coming up on Thursday. So excited about that. Sick. But it looks like your winter has been amazing. Yeah, it, it's been all right. Um, there have been a few swells to kind of, you know, remember, definitely. But um, it's been it's been kind of here and there. Um, I feel like New Jersey has gotten most of the best surf. Um, but still, I mean, I think the Outer Banks is more consistent than Jersey. People may come at me for that, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. But um, but yeah, we we've had a couple good swells. Um, one one last weekend, which I was away for. I was actually in your neck of the woods. I was in Wilmington. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't shoot that one. But one a week before that, um, that was pretty pretty good down down south in Hatteras. So pretty pretty good. Nice. Uh, so so Hatteras has been the the spot for the sandbars. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. I feel like maybe town, like in town, like Nags Head area is a little bit more like rippable, but definitely down Hatteras Way, Avon Way has been a little bit more heavy and a lot more of the pros are out, you know, doing doing their thing, pulling into some psycho square tubes. So that's that's where that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's where I go. So sick. So for those that don't know much about the outer outer banks, can you explain the setup and the topography and the the uniqueness of the land? Yeah, and so water? yeah, for sure. So um, starting from the northernmost part, you have kind of Virginia Beach and uh, Sandbridge and up up there, um, and then as you kind of go down the coast, you have um, Corova, Corala duck southern shores and then that's the main bridge where everyone comes across is in southern shores kitty hawk kind of like on that line and then you have kitty kitty hawk and on you're, you're in a you're on a very skinny strip of sand um so as you come down you hit kitty hawk 
Hill Devil Hills, Nags Head, and then you go across the um what now it's the Mark Bassnack Bridge, but everyone still calls it the Bonner Bridge, um, down to Pea Island. And that's the national seashore. That's Cape Hatteras National Seashore. And as you keep going down there, and I mean that's like 80 miles of just beach and small towns. Um, and as you go down, then you hit um like Frisco, Hatteras, you know, and then you can take a ferry over to Ocracoke. Um, and like I said, I mean that's that's 80 miles from Pea Island to um to Ocracoke. And I think from including Corova is like a hundred and don't quote me on it, but I think it's like a hundred and five miles or something of just beach and waves. So I mean, we have <clears throat> lots of opportunities to kind of score and and have you know to find good surf anywhere along that and an empty peak too. So another thing is also it's very close to the continental shelf which is a, is a big deal for people that, that might not know about the ocean bottom here on the East Coast. The waves that do hit you uh, th th didn't have a lot of the bottom to get destroyed by, say down here in, in Wrightsville Beach where I am, um, we have maybe uh, 100 miles between us and the, the, the shelf, which allows the wave to get a lot smaller by the time it reaches our beach. Where you are, it's very close as far as the shelf is, so the wave is still intact when it when it reaches your shore. Thus, the wave is way heavier. Can you speak to the heaviness of the surf in the Outer Banks? Yeah, um, there there have been a couple times where I'm like shooting in the water or something, and it's like it's just crazy heavy. Like it breaks below sea level. Like I I, I have a picture, and you know I can send it to you, but it it. I'm I'm on the beach. I'm kind of elevated a little bit on the dune and I'm shooting down and you can see just the water coming down and then being sucked up and over. Like it it is so heavy in certain spots. Um and I I believe the shelf is a little bit um is closer to Hatteras than it is in town here in Nagshead because we have weaker surf up here in town. That's why everybody goes down south, is to find the heavier stuff. Um, so it it does get pretty heavy, very very heavy. Um, not all the time, but there there are some times where, you know, I have not not swam because it, it's so heavy. Um, but yeah, it gets yeah. So heavy. it's it's very slabby and and thick. Mm -hmm much like you would find a, a slab wave that hits a rock. And the, the the nature of such is you have amazing barrels that that you don't really find um, anywhere else on the east coast. Uh, when you're when you're out shooting, um, what what are you seeing with these barrels? Very square. like like I said, like it it'll it doesn't just kind of crumble, but it it will come out. And the lip will come out and then come down and almost fold on itself. Um, I mean, that's not everywhere. Like it depends on the sand. There's there's a lot of things that kind of go into making those conditions, but it it's very common down south in, in Hatteras and Pea Island and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it it gets so heavy, and that's what makes it so fun, to be honest. Because I mean, I've I've always been the kid of 
I've, you know, vacationing to the beach, you know, I, I grew up in Maryland, so we didn't, you know, family didn't live on the beach then. So I was always the kid of, oh, I'll just kind of lay down um, in the crashing waves and just let it tumble me. And that's what I still do. And I, 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 I love it. Um, you know, when I'm shooting, like I love to just, I, I mean, it's, it's so backwards, but you know, it's so heavy and I love to just get tumbled and it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. The, the ocean gives, gives that joy, the, the, the emotion of it. Now be, being from Maryland, tell us a little bit about you growing up in Maryland and what, what that was like and, and set us up in your early years. Yeah, so I um, was homeschooled from the first grade on, um, and yes, I had friends. Um, I, I actually I had a lot of friends, um, and I kind of went. I went to a like a homeschool co-op. Like we were under an umbrella, and and we would all of you know the kids in our area would go to this this co-op. It was at a, a local church, and. Um, and that's actually where I, I learned to, you know, photography and and stuff like that is where I, I took a photography course there. Actually, my friend's mom was teaching it. And my mom actually, it was no question. She was like, you're taking photography. And I was kind of dreading it. I, you know, I didn't want to. And I kind of, I cut off fodder on that. But after taking that, like I definitely grew and it, it just it just became a part of me from from then on um so yeah not not growing up on a beach like it was now that now that we do live on the beach it's kind of like what did we do <laughs> you know not living on on a strip of sand or by the ocean um but yeah it was a lot of finding public pools and swimming there and jumping on the trampoline and trying to find stuff to occupy, occupy time. So were you on a swim team? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I just love to swim, swim around. Um, and just in the summer, you know, it's got to get out somehow. So, so I believe it was Ellicott city. You, you were, you were raised in, right? Yep. Um, about 30 minutes West of Baltimore. And what what was the age that you discovered the the camera and the photo class that you didn't want to take? Yeah, um, that was uh, 11, 12, 11 or twelve, I think. Maybe maybe further, maybe fourteen, fifteen. I'm thinking, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. And it, was it film or digital? It was both. It was both. Um, it was mainly just kind of teaching us the ropes of like, you know, you, you have your aperture and shutter speed and ISO and stuff like that. And then we went into telephoto stuff. And then once we kind of had the baseline of that and learned how to shoot in manual, then we had film cameras that, you know, she was like, oh, let's, you know, go, go out and shoot some wildlife and try to get some telephoto images and try to get some macro images. Um, so it was kind of like that, like different assignments like that. Um, but the film, the film was really, really fun. And I've actually just started recently shooting film again. And it's, it's super fun. Cool. And when, when was in this process where your mind switched from, I don't like this to, wow, I love this. Um, so that, that 
Christmas, my grandparents got me a, a GoPro, a little Hero 4 session. That thing was like, it was so small. And um, I, I love, love to body surf and um, just, like I said, get tumbled in the waves. So the summer after that, my family, we all kind of went down down here, vacation down here, because we, we've been doing that for 22 years um, prior to moving. And, um, you know, I went body surfing. I was like, oh, I'll take my GoPro out. Let's see what, see what happens, see what it looks like. And um, I got this picture of this, this wave. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to go out and try it again. And that's what I did. And then it just kind of grew from, from there. And I really started enjoying capturing waves and stuff like that. Thing, things so that people don't normally see. I, I think is is super cool. Incredible. So you had you had the experience of going to the beach like what once once a year that was like the thing your family did. You went to the Outer Banks, and uh, so you kind of viewed the Outer Banks as like your home beach, as opposed to say an Ocean City, which was the closest beach to to where you were. The Outer Banks was your core, right? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, we we would go to Ocean City for like a day or or something you know, a short amount of time, or if we had friends that were going, we, you know, we'd go down. Um, and, but yeah, that the Outer Banks is just, yeah, there's, there's something about it. And if you've never been here, you gotta come because it's just, it's something, something about it. It's just kind of magical. I don't know. Well, we're going to speak to that magic here in, in a bit, but can you contrast the Ocean City to the, the, the Outer Banks? Like when you were a kid and you went to the Ocean City and was like, Hold up. This is like a beach also, but it's not, doesn't have the same vibe. Uh, speak to the vibe. Yeah. So Ocean City, it's a city on the beach. Like there are high rises, um, hotels that are 20, 25 stories. And it, it's just a city on the beach. And it, it felt dirty. Like every, there was trash on the beach. Like it was just, it was just so dirty and gross. <laughs> but it was the beach and it was the closest one to us so we would go there um but contrasting to the outer banks there's an ordinance where you can't build higher than five stories six stories across the whole 105 miles you know you can't build higher than that and i'll you know we have hotels and, and stuff around here which is you know it is what it is but it's not, you don't feel so claustrophobic. You don't feel trapped in like you do at Ocean City where it's kind of like, oh my gosh, there are so many people. And yes, there are a lot of people here, but like high rises that are super tall and you just feel like very, very trapped. But here it's kind of like open and you can breathe a little bit and it's it's nice. I've, you can relax more here, I I think. So your family decides to take make the big move what was the background behind that decision? It's such a, a big decision for a family with with kids in in Maryland, especially. Uh, full disclosure, I'm I'm from uh, Bethesda, Maryland. I think I, I I told you that in the notes. So I understand uh, the the value of the Outer Banks. I, I I too went to the Outer Banks when I was a kid once a year, and it was like a utopia. It was like, how can I get back to this place fast enough? Mm -hmm. Uh, leaving was always sad. I would I would wake up early in the morning every, every like every day we were there, just soak as much up as possible. So I, I really 
get what you're saying, but my family never left DC or the, the region. Um, tell us what what made your your parents pick up and move, and were you stoked? Um, initially, I wasn't. I wasn't stoked. Um, but we, like I said, we vacationed down here, and um, my sister actually took a surf lesson from um, Farm Dog Surf School, which isn't a surf school anymore. Um, but she she asked the owner, "How hard is it to get a job here?" And he was like, not hard. Do you want one? And that was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, we can let, let's move down for a summer and, and kind of figure it out. And, and that's how I learned to, you know, do photography. Well, I took the class, but then I really started making it my own that summer. I think that was 2017, 16 or 17. And um, I did these uh gopro sessions for them uh for their surf lessons um and we we really loved it it was almost like a trial run but we knew we already loved it here and um and like you said it was kind of it was a question of how fast can i get back there you know it was always sad leaving and um and stuff like that and um you know going back from that summer to maryland really we really just missed it and we were like that's home we we feel god pulling us there you know so we picked up and and left and we moved down here and um and you know it, it wasn't that easy just pick up and leave you know it was never that easy you know my dad still worked in maryland and would travel back on the weekends so it was it was a big sacrifice you know for for him because he would he would drive back and forth um and what but did he do? He works for the Navy um, in, in D.C. So, you know, now with with COVID and all, like that whole thing, like he works from home now. So it's like it's super, super easy now because he's he's home with us. But um, but, yeah, it was kind of like a it, it was definitely a. A. Um, it was a God thing. You know, it, we definitely felt God pulling us here for, for a reason we didn't know, but we knew we always loved the beach. So that's why, you know, we kind of picked up and, and left and we were like, you know what, we're going to trust and it'll all work out. It'll be fine. So we came down here and it's fine. It's great. <laughs> Love it. So, so you said you weren't stoked initially. What, why not? Um, I had friends back in Maryland. I still have friends back in Maryland. Um, I was on a travel baseball team, so I really didn't want to give that up. And at this time, like I was still in, in high school. So I, uh, you know, friends and stuff. And, you know, I was, I was homeschooled too. So it was not like, it's not that I couldn't, you know, pick up school and go down here, but you know, just, just leaving, like you have that, ch that change and, and, and all like that. Like it, it was scary for a, uh, 16 year old, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see the future. I just, I just saw then and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving so much behind, you know, grandparents and family and stuff like, you know, like that, like friends and things, but I didn't see the future of how God was going to use us down here. 
and how much better <laughs> our life is going to be down here. And I, I understand you were a snowboarder also. I was, yeah. Um, I that, that's the other thing. I I really didn't. I I don't like being hot, so snowboarding was was super fun. Um, for me, I'd go to Liberty Mountain in Pennsylvania, um, snowboard a lot, and uh, Liberty University at their Snowflex Center, um, and yeah, I I love to snowboard, and uh, it, it's actually funny. My I started surfing first, but my sister started taking photos first. And then when we moved, we kind of switched. Now she's the surfer and I'm the photographer, but I still surf too. But um, yeah, but yeah, snowboarding was always, always fun, um, but doesn't, doesn't hold a candle to surfing. <laughs> yeah, I can second that. I, you know, again, I, I, I love Liberty Mountain, but I always viewed the mountain as like a, a wave. And w once I got to the beach, it was like, west coast snowboarding only that's yeah. kind of how that went <laughs> so you make it to you make it to the outer banks uh then what when when was it that you really started to pick up steam and uh i i, I assume it was probably when you got your first aquatech water housing um possibly mm -hmm. tell us that story yeah so um at, at this time i was still working at at farm dog um, just kind of like their, their shop cabana guy, you know, I would, you know, clean boards, I'd strip boards, I'd wax them, um, you know, have a fresh new coat of wax for, for rentals, uh, fix anything that needed to be fixed. Um, and, and through all that, you know, I was, I was saving money for what I thought was a car at the time, but, you know, I, I kept seeing, other photographers down or photographers down here, um, Daniel Poland being one, uh, Corey um, Shinable being another, and I just could see that there was much more potential in surf photography than just a GoPro. So I knew I had to get a housing. I knew I had to get a camera. So before I bought a car, before you know, first car, anything, I bought an Aquatech housing um through you know on online and uh i got that and it just started going up from there um swimming in the winter time in a three two i didn't know any better you know i just moved down to the beach i don't know what thickness of wetsuit i needed so i was swimming in the winter no hood no gloves with you know taking taking photos in a three two um and then people started you know, saying, are you the guy with no hood? Are you wearing a three, two? I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and they're like, you're crazy. So, you know, it kind of grew like that, like word of mouth, like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that doesn't wear a hood. But, you know, I'm also getting pictures that are, that they're sharing and it, it's, they're going around, which is cool. But um, after <clears throat> I, I started working at the Surf and Spoon, uh, the fall of 2018, and the Surf and Spoon is owned by uh, Jesse Hines, the pro surfer. They kind of, along with Noah Snyder, kind of put the Outer Banks on the map. Um, and, you know, him being a pro surfer and me just trying to, you know, get in the photography, I was like, hey, there's supposed to be waves this weekend. Like, let's go take some pictures. And and now I know he was like, oh, this this kid, you know, this 17-year-old kid 
you know, let, let's see, let's see what he's got, you know. And uh, we went out that weekend, and I ended up getting a shot of him that is now hanging, you know, ten feet by five feet in Outer Banks Sporting Company. So that shot really kind of took took the game to the next level, and you know, got my name out there for sure. Sick. And what was that shot like? Can you describe it for us, the for those listening? Yeah. So it was a it was a summer's day, and you know, those of you that know, we don't get waves in the summer very often. So it was definitely like a, um, it was a freak occurrence, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, we went out, I still remember where it was. It was First Street in Killala Hills. And we went out and um, it was the last wave of the day. And it kind of came in and like out of nowhere, and it started breaking super heavy and he got on it and I was kind of up on the shoulder, kind of looking down in a way um, to this green barrel with Jesse just locked in. Um, and it, I mean, super bright green. He had the houses in the in the left part of the photo and um, it was just super pretty. It was oh, man, <laughs> I still it's one of my favorite shots, like still to this day. Um, and yeah it was just it was awesome i was using a um a 50 millimeter on a canon on a crop sensor so it ended up being around an 80 85 millimeter so you know you really got all the details of of his face and and the water drops um on, through the lip and um and again the colors of that day was just it was unreal the green was just so bright um it was awesome super super cool so it had more it had a kind of a a telephoto effect to it as opposed to a wide angle fisheye barrel shot. It was kind of zoomed in. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a way, but I was also close enough where it almost could be oh it almost could be like a like a fisheye almost. Like it was I was in the same spot as you would usually shoot a fisheye shot, like in the in the barrel but I was using an 85 and it was kind of, it was, it was almost a close up. It was, it was super cool. It was Love super, it. Super cool. Now, when you were first starting there, was that the lens setup you, was that your go-to or were you experimenting a lot with different setups? Yeah. So I, that, that was my go-to, um, the 85. And then I kind of, it kind of evolved to be, you know, I, I got a, sorry, my alarm's going off. <laughs> Um, it kind of evolved to into a 24 millimeter. Um, but those were the those were the two that I would use the most was a 24 and a 85. Um, it kind of gave me like a wider shot and you know more telephoto. But um now I mean it, it it's a it's evolved. We got many lens ports for many lenses, so beautiful. And how do you decide your setup today as far as when you approach the beach? Uh, well, let's just start. You have beautiful landscapes. So when when do you decide to go into the water versus shoot on land? Because uh, I, I know from experience in the Outer Banks, a lot of times uh, the ocean is, is so rough that you almost want to shoot land because you're going to get more content. Um, what, what's the process that you go through when you approach the beach? 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like you, like you said, you get you get more shots on land. I mean, that, that's just how it is. You're just in the in the spot for all the waves, and you just get more shots on land. But if the conditions allow, if there's not too much current, if it's not, well, I don't want to say too heavy because I love the heavy days. But if it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die out there, you know. Um, if it if it looks mellow enough, then you know I'll go I'll go in the water. Um, but but yeah, there's a there's a lot like in in my head I I look at the ocean and I think okay what's going to give me the most percentage of shots, you know percentage of of usable shots, um, and usually if nobody's swimming, I'm gonna go swim e either, you know, whether or not I'm gonna get, you know, a lot of shots or not, um, I just in my head I'm I'm like okay let's nobody else is swimming so I'm gonna go swim. You know, those shots are going to stand out way more on that day than one from the land. Um, so that I mean, that's that's kind of like my process is how how many and, and then also the lens choice. You know, if I'm swimming, OK, is the 16 millimeter going to give me more shots or the 24 to 70 going to get me more shots? And then I go back and forth there and I say, okay, well, the current's kind of pulling hard. So I need something. If I find myself out of position, then I can zoom into 70 or 24 to 105. I can zoom into 105 and get that shot. Or if the current's not too bad and I can stay in the right zone, then I'm going to go with a 16 mil, you know, so I can get up close and, and, you know, wide on, on those shot um, on those waves. Do you find that sometimes the the lens that gives you the least amount of great shots might give you the best one shot? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, what I lens is that? Definitely anything wide, I think. Um, yeah, any anything wide, like a like a sixteen millimeter or or anything like that. That that's why I love the twenty four to one hundred five so much in the water is because, you know, a 24 is, is fairly wide. I mean, it's, it's wider than what your eye sees. Um, so if I find myself in that zone, I can zoom out to 24 and get that wide shot. But also if I find myself out of the zone, I can zoom in and still get that shot down the beach. So. And what aperture setup do you like with these, uh, different zoom spectrums? Um, it, it depends. It all depends if I'm going for empty barrel shots or somebody in the barrel or, or anything like that. I like to shoot at a higher aperture just to give me that deeper depth of field. So if the camera can't keep up or, you know, it, it blows focus just a little bit, then, you know, I have that deeper depth of field than I would at a two or two, eight or one, eight aperture which if if i use that it's either you know sunrise sunset and i'm shooting further or more telephoto than like uh, 50. love it so you start with a video in the gopro but you're you look exclusively film uh, or excuse me uh digital photos now uh is is a uh, videography part of your your repertoire at the moment or are you straight photos um it is it is it is a part of it 
I, I think now being, you know, a, a photographer in, in general on social media, trying to build a business, I think you, you have to take video to, to grow on, on Instagram or your business elsewhere on, on YouTube. I mean, you, you just have to, you can't, you don't reach the same amount of people as you would if you just post a picture, you know, like I have, I started making actually Peyton has kind of Peyton Willard has kind of inspired me to kind of do more you know, video and talking to the camera, which is super uncomfortable for me and I hate it, <laughs> but, but it, it, it's, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it now. Um, I did one with Aquatech and they kind of did a collaborative post not too long ago, how I set up my camera in the water. And it was just like super simple. Um, just 50 second clip of me setting up my camera and talking to another camera off to the side. Like it's super simple. Yeah, um, dude, I saw that. You you did a great job. It was it was very very good. Um, now now you say that that was uncomfortable for you. Speak to that uncomfort uncomfortableness because I know a lot of people out there. That's like the largest barrier for them stepping into the arena is is their own personal self. And uh, I I know when I first started that was for me too. But like, speak to the that hump and getting over it. Yeah. Um, I never really got over it. It was just kind of like I had to force myself to do it because I knew that, you know, if I need to, if I want to grow myself and my business, I need to do this. So it, it wasn't, I just kind of sucked it up and I did it. Um, so there was no really getting over it, but, um, it, it, <laughs> before that, before I was filming, it took me about 10 minutes to actually build up the nerve to actually talk to a camera. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's just funny. But, um, but yeah, like going back to, you know, video stuff, you know, I, I did, I filmed a movie and I released a movie about Jesse Hines um, about two years ago now, which is crazy. Um, and uh, that was my last kind of big film venture. And now I'm kind of just focusing on building a community, I guess, around, around surf photography. Uh, speak to that movie. What, what was it about? And uh, tell us a little bit about Jesse Hines for those who don't know about him. Yeah. So Jesse, um, he started out as a professional or he was a professional surfer from his like 14 to 31 years old. I, I believe 31. Don't again, don't quote me, but I think it was 31. Um, and again, he, I mean, he put the Outer Banks on the map. Like he, if you watch him surf, he, it's just unreal. It's crazy. I mean, a lot like Brett Barley, like his feet are glued to the board. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what wax he uses. I don't know, but it, I mean, it's just crazy. It, it's mesmerizing to watch him surf. Um, and he, there, there was a lot of, um, things he had to overcome in his, in his life. Um, faith being one of the big ones, you know, he, 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 he kind of had a, he had a broken family. So it was, it was hard for him as a kid, but you know, he, he didn't feel like he could have a family, but then he found God and really, you know, kind of dove deep into that. And, you know, his 
faith got stronger over time and overcoming injuries and and things like that um he has a really cool story but um but yeah and you've mentioned god and faith um quite a bit in this in this interview how how does god and faith affect your life and what was that a, a good um connection you held with jesse to be able to make the content you did with him yeah oh definitely um yeah i mean my my whole thing for surf photography is to show people what they may not be able to see for themselves you know so i'm out in the water I, i'm i'm telling the story of that day in the water i'm i'm conveying what it's like to be there with the surfers in the wave um i i try my best to do that um and and to just show how beautiful the power of the ocean can be you know like you you there are some days where you're like oh you look at the ocean it's not that cool but step into it you know if if it's warm you know go in but put a wetsuit on if it's cold and go in you can feel the power of the ocean even if it's a one foot day you can feel that and and to show people that power and that beauty that god has created for us to you know just it's amazing you know i love to just show people what it's like that's beautiful and what what happens or what do you think uh people that are landlocked or don't um understand uh the power of the ocean um how how can you deliver this message to them it's a good question <laughs> um it's definitely something that you have to experience once in your life at least um but i mean that's exactly why i do it to kind of help them understand you know what it what it's like to be to be in the water um i mean it's almost like getting hit by a truck <laughs> i mean it, it's so powerful and you feel so humbled by the ocean you're when you're swimming in the ocean there's nothing that you can do to overpower it. And, and I, I, you almost have to give everything up and just let, and just be in the ocean. I think that's why it gives me so much peace to be in the ocean is just because I, I have no control and there's nothing I can do about it. So I don't know if that answered your question. Awesome. But, um, yeah. Mike, the soundbite alone was was epic. So, well done. Uh, now, to to that point, do the um, do the people who don't know about the ocean, like like does everybody? I, I believe they do. do. Does everybody out there who doesn't even know yet about the ocean um, have it in them that they love it? Like, I I have this thing that I believe that like oh. Uh, 80 year old woman who's never seen the beach who lives in uh arkansas or name your landlocked state uh, if if she had the ability to to you know even view uh, a water picture would find joy in it is that a truism i think so i definitely think so i mean you walk into a hospital what do you see on the walls it's a picture of water 90 percent of the time i mean it calms you 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 look at a picture of water and it, it you know it calms you at least for me 
I hope it does for everybody. But um, yeah, I mean, it. I definitely think. I definitely think everybody has some <laughs> something in them that tells them they love they love the water, um, and it could be. You know, they may be afraid of sharks. I don't know, but. I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, people love the water, even if they don't know it. <laughs> Bro, I'm going to I'm going to disagree here because uh, I, I do healthcare art. I walk into hospitals and and I would say 90 percent of the time they don't have water on the wall. And my job, I believe, and your job is is to enlighten them to the fact that they need water on the wall. Uh, maybe they do in the Outer Banks, but like. Every hospital in America, I believe, needs nothing but water because water is the most powerful substance to heal when you're sick. You know this, and uh, yeah. and I believe it's our job as ambassadors of of the substance to uh, to, to, to deliver it. But um, we're talking business now. What is the nature of your business currently, and how how do you present your business, and um, how do you uh, achieve revenue streams? And uh, we'll we'll go on to marketing from there. Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, weddings, doing family photos. Um, people come on vacation down here and they want family photos. Like it, it's just something that they that they want. So that's a that's a big big thing um, down here. Um, and I do a lot of videos for different different places. I do a lot for my church. Um, so it's it's just kind of finding like odds and ends to be honest, but but the big things is is weddings and family photos. I mean, that's a huge huge market and a huge business down here. Do you find that a lot of people uh, want to get in the water and utilize your water expertise with the family? Not not all the time, but there have been a handful of. Of families that say oh can you be in the water with us and you know capture the time at the beach that you know the fun that we're having in the water and you know when they ask that i'm like oh yes because then i'm in the water too and i we just have a have a great time um in the ocean but um yeah there have been a handful of times where that that's happened for sure so the the water photography is is more of a of a passion non um revenue jade uh revenue stream whereas like the the portraits are more of like the business is that is, is that how how i see it definitely definitely um now i still do make i you know make money off of these photos you know selling prints um through surfline uh through any publishing um companies um but yeah the the main business is the family photos and weddings and portraits and and how how do you view the that world of of surf photography today as far as business goes, um, contrasting the, to the previous decade where the magazine was premium and today it's not. Um, well, just that like the magazines, like you, you don't have a lot of magazines now, and you would have, you know, a bunch of photographers shooting for one magazine, and then that would make you know jobs for those photographers. Um, and and a lot of it is now social media. Um, and again, if you don't take videos, you're not, you know, really going to boost yourself up there with the with the big dogs. 
Um, I mean, there, there are people like Clark Little and and Zach Noyle that, of course, you know, they they make a living off of that. But what they don't share or not really share are other shoots that they that they do. You know, they, they have a lot of followers. They're they're out there. They have, um, you know, galleries and, you know, places like that, that people can see their work. And then from that kind of trickles down to, oh, hey, you know, Zach, my friend's getting married this time. Would you want to, or Mike, would you want to shoot their wedding? So, and they may not share that. Um, but definitely like, yeah, it, it's a passion for sure to do the water photography, surf photography. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are other, other streams of, of revenue. And how do you view the social media space today? Um, it it's alive and well. That's for sure. Um, it's uh, it, it's hard to again, again for me, like going back to doing taking videos of myself. Like you have to put yourself out there. You have to, um, you know, if somebody wants to book a photographer. Are they going to book? Yeah, everybody, I believe everybody can take a photo, right? But they say, oh, this guy's funny on social media. I like his personality better. So I, I'm going to reach out to him, you know, or or just to put yourself out there and, and to um, just create that connection with, with people. Um, I think it's super, super important. And I mean, also sharing photos and sharing your favorite shots um, as well. And um yeah i don't know if that answered your question but yeah uh, let me follow up <laughs> yeah like, like so um are you on a vi like a schedule of a posting do you, is there like a thing that you must do every day to keep consistent or how or is it kind of random what what's your process um it is kind of random a lot of it is around swells or um a lot of it's around swells um, in the ocean, but I, I don't really keep myself to a, to a schedule. Um, if I, you know, I definitely want to keep a story or two and, you know, going at all times, but, um, I don't keep myself to a schedule. You know, I don't, I don't put a lot of pressure on myself for social media. Like I have to post this time or I have to post, you know, every day. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's good to, but, I don't know. I, I view it as more of a way to connect to to people than rather to, you know, I just find it a way to connect to people. And on the consumption side, what is it that you like consuming on the social? Oh, man. I mean, we all can get reeled into to social media very fast. But um, <clears throat> I think looking at other people's photographs and what they're doing on social media as far as reels go um Instagram specifically but a lot of it is inspiration for me you know if I see a shot that you know Zach Noyle has posted I try to dissect it and say okay what where do I think he was what millimeter lens was he using and obviously pipeline is not like the east coast at all but you know I can try to put my spin on it a little bit you know get, get a little bit of inspiration and you know that keeps it fresh
I don't know. The uh, the the lighthouse uh, reels pretty hard. It's a lot like pipe, so you you can uh, probably relate a little bit there. Yeah, but I mean, anybody can put anything on on social media. I mean, it's very. That might have been the best set of the day. You never know. So, um, if you know, if I miss a swell and I see a really good shot or a really good clip, I don't think too much of it. I'm like, oh, that that could have been the best day, the the best wave of the of the day. So. You know. So what I've really liked about viewing your work, uh, aside from the water shots, of course, is your landscapes. Uh, set set the audience up with how you set up a good landscape shot. Mm -hmm. um, I I try to lead my audience into what the subject is, whether that be leading lines or, um, you know, using the light to kind of to bend the light around to for you to view that subject um so a, a lot of the photos recently that i've shared is you know you're looking straight down a beach access and the railing is leading you straight into what you're supposed to be looking at and i i think I, you know it just guides your eye it, it's pleasant to look at i i love i love the leading lines so that that's what i set up mostly for that's what I look for mostly in, in framing my shot. I like to do a lot through car windows um, on the beach. If I can frame the wave in, in such a way, then I'd call that a win. <laughs> and as far as process goes, I, I can imagine that there's a lot of uh, waiting and patience involved for the waves to do what you want them to do when you have your shot lined up. Can you speak to that patience? And and also speak to that as well in the water because I think it goes both ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, let's see. Let, let's see. When I pull up to the, I'll I'll, I'll walk you through my thought process. Uh, when I pull up to the beach, I get out. You know, I, I look at the waves, and you know, before I even take a picture, I kind of study it. You know, I always take my camera, but I I look at it and I'm like, okay, how how's the wave breaking? Where is it breaking? Um, how hard is it breaking? And then I go into, okay, what shots can I get from this? Um, and, you know, being in the water as well, like I, I touched on, you know, what lens is going to give me the best percentage of, of shots. And normally that's a 24 to 105 again. Um, and, you know, I could, I could be going out in the water and I say, okay, I'm going to get some empty, some empties and I'll do that. And then I see a wave down the beach that broke really hard i see that and i'm like oh i want that so i kind of swim over there and kind of switch gears from that um as well um but i guess i guess that's the type of process like i just kind of study it and and watch where the current's pulling and um and a lot of it does just come naturally like in the in the water i'm like oh that was cool. Let's, let's try this now and just kind of experiment. You know, it's not, I guess it's not one set thing that I have to get every time, but it just, it just kind of evolves. And, you know, if you have fun with it, it's just going to happen. And uh, take us next to like your, um, your daily routine. Um, let's see. I, I normally try to go to the gym every day. Um, especially in the wintertime where it's just cold out. You don't feel like going outside. 
feel like that's very important to to keep you know doing every morning um and then i i work well, hold, hold, hold up what's uh what's your what's your gym routine what do you do at the gym what i do at the gym um well my sister is a personal trainer which is awesome and she has a a, a class every tuesday and thursday so tuesdays and thursday i'm you know in, in that class um but normally i just go in do a little bit of cardio lift some weights um you know mondays are arms chest wednesday and classes in between um so yeah i mean a lot of it is leg focus too you know got to keep those those legs ready for swimming so so kicking is a big part of your swimming process when taking pictures definitely definitely if there's any sort of current at all you know you got to be able to at least try to fight it to try to stay in the zone to get those shots and what fin do you uh, favor? Um, well, I just started recently using yucca fins. Um, but before that, I, I used um, the Mike Stewart Viping. Viping? Viper. <laughs> Viper fins. Um, they're bodyboarding fins. Um. Excellent. Uh, so what is, uh, do you have a, a wanderlust in you? Are, are you itching to go anywhere or do you just prefer to stay around the outer banks um no of course i want to go everywhere in the world i would love to go to pipe um but we're my family and i and some friends are actually going to costa rica in march so we're very stoked for that little photography surf vacation trip um so yeah there, there are definitely places that i would like to go um mainly warm places <laughs> Where where in Costa Rica? Uh, Santa Teresa on the West Coast. Sick. There, so, so is that a, a good time of year to go there? Yeah, it's just into their dry season. So um, not a lot of rain, all waves, and uh, we eat a lot. And it's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's so fun. This is the second year going. Um, we went last year. We're going again this year. So very psyched. Oh, so you're familiar with the spot. What what is it like? Um, it it's it's a beach break. I mean, there are some some point breaks around, um, but it's it's very mellow, very rippable. Um some days it kind of reminds me of of home, but like 100 percent more consistent. <laughs> it's just waves every day. You wake up, it's glassy, it's head high. And then it kind of goes on shore a little bit in the afternoon, but it's still like insanely rippable. It's so much fun. It, are you focusing on your own surfing or photography uh, when you go? Um, well, of course I'm taking all my camera gear. Like I can't go anywhere and not take it. Um, but last year we went, I felt my surfing skill go from like a two to five or six. Like it was so consistent or I could really focus on turns and things. Um, but it, I mean, it's a beautiful place. I got to take pictures, you know, so it, it's mainly surfing, I'd say, but I want to surf more this trip, but also I got to take some pictures. Sick. So do you, do you have that uh, kind of com competitive mindset in your own self that like when you show up to the beach that you want to surf as opposed to take photos or is it like, pure photos 
Um, it that's definitely a battle that I have. Um, especially when the water's warm, I'm like, oh, do I surf? Do I do I do I shoot? Um, but I th- I think it really depends on the day. Um, if it's if it's really really good, if it's heavy, if it's you know barreling, um, and the conditions just line up perfectly, um, not even perfectly. I mean, if if it's barreling at all, like I'm shooting in the water, um, or shooting a little bit, um, but I usually try to take a board as well, just in case, just in case I want to surf, um, but. Norm normally it's it's all shooting and then you know if there's time I'll I'll go grab a couple waves for myself. Yeah. So like the outer banks, again, back to the heaviness of the pitch of the lip of how it goes so square. On the social media, we see everyone making the wave. Speak to even the best pros, uh, the consistency of them not making the wave. Well, I mean they're pros. They, I mean. If you can surf the outer banks, you can surf anywhere, mostly everywhere. Um, it, it's just so heavy and it br- breaks below sea level, you know, a lot. So, uh, man, it, that's hard. <laughs> I, I think they make majority of their waves, I think. Um, but it's, it's very, very, again, very kind of inconsistent on how that wave is going to break. You know, in my mind, they're like snowflakes, not, you know, no two are alike. So um, I'd say like 80% of the waves they make, I think, depend, depending on the day and the conditions for sure. But um, well, I like what you just said there about the snowflakes and uh, no no two waves being the same. I, I also believe no two photos can be the same, no, no matter how much you want them to be. You can't get that Jesse Hines shot again ever. Just like you can't get that sunrise that happened this morning again ever. Speak to that concept in photography and how that's almost like rocket fuel to producing. Oh, definitely. Um, especially the first few years that I you know, have, you know, shot in the water. Um, it, I mean, it, it's if I miss it, it's gone forever. So it, that I guess the anxiety that I had was kind of like. Oh my gosh, I got to be out there all day, you know, getting these shots. You know, I, I can't miss it. If, you know, Jesse gets a good one or Brett gets a good one, it, you know, it's gone. You know, that's the only wave like that. Um, so, I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, fuel in me to really produce or just take as many photos as I can. And is that what keeps you in the water for long sessions when you want to get out, when your feet are super cold, when you can't feel your hands? Talk about that. Yeah, definitely. A couple of weeks ago, I remember Jesse, or not Jesse, I'm sorry, uh, Brett got just a stand-up tube. Like, he was just in there for a few seconds, and, you know, he was standing straight up tall. And, of course, I was out I was out of the zone. Like, I, I couldn't have, you know, gotten gotten there if I tried for that one. Um, so I stayed in the water for as long as I could, you know, just waiting for that wave to come in again and it never came. So, I mean, I think it's very, you know, no two waves are alike, you know, you gotta, gotta get it while it's there. And if you, if you don't, you miss it. You, you met, you mentioned, uh, Brett Barley there. Uh, a lot of people on this, on this 
call might not know who Brett Barley is, speak to him and uh, his importance, just like Jesse's importance uh, to the Outer Banks. Yeah, um, he's um, a young guy. I don't know exactly how old he is, but um, he's married. Like he, he's he's sponsored by O'Neill, Real Water Sports. Um, he, he does a lot. He does a lot. He travels a lot um, to different places to surf. Um, I mean, that's what he does for, for a living. So, um, he's super good, really, really good. Um, again, a lot like Jesse, like he just looks like he's glued to that board. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's pro surfer, good guy. And, uh, it sounds like you have a hotline to where everything's happening, uh, with these guys, uh, who, uh, who else is on that hotline list? Um, so Jesse, you got Brett, um, and a couple other photographers, Cal Ramsey and Cody Hammer. Um, I usually try to get in contact with them, try to see where the spot is. Um, but you know, you have 105 miles of beach. It's, you know, you could wake up for dawn patrol and get up at five and then not surf until nine because you're trying to find that spot, that good spot. And there's always that fear in the back of your head where you're surfing or shooting and you're like, this isn't the best spot, you know, but you just got to take, again, take it while it's there and get out there. Dude, like, like, you know, I'm down here in Wrightsville beach. I've been to the outer banks a lot. And that is always the thing. Like it's, we call it the check sea mission. Cause you're, you, you will be on this, what you think is a surf trip, but you're just driving all over the outer banks, looking for that best spot. And there's always one dude in the group who's like, nah, I know it's better that this like spot I heard so-and-so say what's up. So can you speak to that and how the beach is that the sandbars can change? Cause I think a lot of people don't realize the nature of the sandbars of the outer banks and how the, the, the spot can change. It's not like it's a reef where it's always the same at that, at that location. Yeah. I mean, normally, normally the lighthouse is always good. Um, Cause you have that jetty there. That's kind of blocking the sand, but you know, if any storm comes up, like, you know, any size and it's windy on shore, it's moving all of that sand around. And again, you know, no two waves are alike, no two grains, you know, we're not to do grains, but like, the, the sandbars are ever changing. It could be good here one day and then totally awful the next day. Um, so it, it's a lot of driving, like I said, trying to find the spot every time. Now there are some spots where, you know, like the lighthouse, like I said, that are normally good um, and places on P Island as well that we check on our way South. So it's a lot of driving, stopping to look, driving, stopping to look um, all the way all the way to Hatteras until, you know, somebody calls you and is like, oh, this place is good. So I've had times where, you know, being up in, in Nagtech close to Avalon Pier, waves are good. I'm headed down south. So I go all the way. I hear the lighthouse is good. I go all the way down south to the lighthouse, which is an hour, hour and a half drive for me. And then getting a call saying Avalon Pier is good hour and a half back so i'm like okay i gotta leave there i go back up there and you know it turns out okay but it's just kind of annoying sometimes no it's it, it's a good problem 
So yeah. I want you to bring us to the the best day that pops in your mind that you've ever seen in the Outer Banks. Oh yeah. It just boom pops right into my mind. I know it. Um know the date too, September 17th, 2022. I remember it. It was so good. Um it was about it was the biggest and most consistent day I've ever seen. Like they're they're like good big days, right? But this was just wave after wave after wave. It was just so consistently big and beautiful. It was amazing. The watercolor was green. Um, it was like double, triple overhead. And it was, oh, it was amazing. Um, but anyway, it was like dawn patrol, get up, find the spot, you know. And at this time, it's 7 o'clock or 8 or whatever. Um, and at this time, I was working at the Surf and Spoon, uh, Jesse's place. And, um, you know, of course, Jesse was out there, too. And it was big. It was beautiful. Best I've seen it. Um, and I had to work at 10 o'clock. So I was like, okay, let's, let's shoot as much as we can. And of course there were so many other people out there too. And, you know, it was warm. It was warm board shorts, 90 degrees out. It was, oh, it was amazing. And, um, went out and we we're like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. we got to go and go, go to work, you know, get dressed, all this stuff. And, and Whitney, his wife that was working there, she was like, we're, we're not opening. We got to go surf. So that was great. We just went back and surfed more and they were all on the beach. My mom was on the beach too. It was great. It was so much fun. And, and then I took a big one on the head and lost a fin and, you know, being big, you know, it's, it's pretty far out, you know, I'm swimming with one fin. It was actually kind of, kind of scary to be honest um you know especially watching on the beach my mom was terrified she was like oh i see he's not you know not swimming very very strong and you know being with one fin i had half the power so um ended up getting uh you know, i drifted into a rip current and got taken out real far and thank god jesse was out there and he kind of helped me get back in and found the fin and went straight back out there it was so much fun <laughs> you found the the fin yeah i found it wow yeah it floated yeah yeah a surfer was walking up and he was like is this your fin i'm like yeah <laughs> that's crazy i thought it was gone so was what, gone. what what beach was that that was uh south nags head so it was like right before um the bonner bridge or the bass night bridge now so so you you, yeah. you you spoke about the the color of the water that day. Is that some of the best water that you've seen also uh, in in conjunction with the waves? I think so. Yeah. Can yeah. you hone in on that and describe that water a little bit more for us? It looked like it was tropical. It was tropical. It was it was not only clear but so blue, and the green tones when the sun shined through it was just oh oh it was so good like that plant behind me there it was like that green with the sun shining through and um just the blues it was a clear day it was just bright sunny everyone was having a good time uh it was just so much fun so the outer banks are known for their uh they call chocolate barrels is that the predominant color of the water in the outer banks 
or or is the, does the green pop up every so? Um, yeah, it's it's normally pretty murky, pretty chocolatey. Um, but in that September to October, you know, I mean, even August to September, October is pretty clear. It's pretty green. Um, and, you know, we, I don't put a wetsuit on until maybe beginning of November, mid-November. So it's like, it's pretty warm too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's mostly chocolatey and kind of murky, but again it's special with the i mean that's why i remember it like it was so special you know having the waves like that and you know the color like that and it's so clear it was it was amazing yeah so like a, a lot of people might be listening who don't know anything about the outer banks uh a lot li listen from australia Th this this outer banks again is so special for all these reasons and like you said it's so warm for for so many months and then it gets so frigidly cold this time of year um how how magic is that um it, it makes you appreciate the warmer days even more because usually like it's the we get the waves when it's it's pretty pretty frigid pretty cold um and then when we get them when it's warm it's just everyone's out there everyone's happy everyone's having a good time um it's just so special and and in that moment my mind switches from like, oh, these pictures for Surfline or pictures for people to I'm just out there having fun with friends, you know, just swimming around, having a good time, being in the ocean. Um, and I, I there are a lot of those days, but that one in particular stands out for sure in the warmer days, definitely. Yeah. And uh, hur hurricane season is is in that same uh, bracket of time. Um, the hurricanes have been have been slamming for a long time, but it seems like with the the way the the earth is going, that I'm looking at S turns particularly and how they're having to move the houses back and forth, uh, or excuse me, just back. Uh, speak to how that is uh, affecting the Outer Banks as far as the water coming up, the water sea level rise. Yeah, I mean it's always been a problem, I think, but more recently like it's been it's been more of a problem um you know we all have really great memories at esterns you know and having that road being washed out and it being almost gone you know it, it's sad um but i mean that's we just have to take care of of the our home you know just clean, picking up trash if you see it on the beach like that's the first step so, um, yeah, like I said, like we all have memories there and it's sad, but, you know. So when you're going south, what what is happening right now? Are Is it at high tide? Is it passable? Yeah, it is passable. Um, it, well, they kind of built a bridge around it now um, that kind of, you know, bypasses mo like some of Pea Island and some of Rodanthe and S-turns included. Um, but on the on the bigger days, those nor'easter days, um, when it's you know 10, 12 feet and blowing hard on shore, and that that tide rises quite a bit, you know that that usually wa washes out as well as North Buxton too down you know, further south. Um, 
I've been saying for a long time that's going to be a new inlet there um because that's I'm I'm sure that's just going to wash all the way through and be a new inlet so we'll see what happens there <laughs> so what are the the future goals for Mike Leach oh well future goals like I of, of course I want to you know do as much much work as possible and you know just enjoy life as much as possible um but I mean, there's there's some things that I have in mind that I definitely want to want to do. Um, very early, I'm just starting to think about them. So we'll we'll see what happens. But there there are definitely things that I that I want to do in the future. Can you share? I might have to kill you if I if I tell you. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Um, one being a photo book, I definitely want to want to you know make one of those and i have friends that have done them like daniel pullen um and you know it, it's just always been something that like i definitely want to want to do and pursue um and then you know maybe see if there's time for another film but we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see epic epic uh, i think your photo book will do very well and you'll achieve lots of sales i i, I hope you get it out before next summer We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I would I would love to. I would love to. So uh what is uh some advice you have to to kids out there who are inspired by what you do? Uh, and uh what advice would you give them? Just start. Just start. That's what I did. Um, you know, it if you learn the basics of your camera. The rest is up to you. Now, there there are certain rules that you have to follow. However, it make it yours. Make it your art. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that that I've got is to just just do it. Just start. Love it, and I want to expand on that because you you used a very key phrase word a r t art. And a lot of people out there uh, that are, are kind of novice don't really understand um, the process of photography, uh, how it is an art. Uh, speak to the nature of photography as art. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's how the photographer views the world. I mean, I, I, I say it's the ocean through my eyes. And it is. It, it's how I see. It's how I see the ocean. It's how I see the landscape. Um, and that's what I, that's what I like to bring to the audience there. Um, and, and it, I mean, there, there are some days where I walk out to the beach and, and it's just one day in particular, it wasn't, wasn't too long ago. I walk out to the beach and the sun is just, it, it was just like a glorious day. The waves were off, you know, the wind was offshore, waves were big. It was just, oh, it was amazing. So for me, it was, I had to bring other people there with me. And the best way I knew how to do that was to take a photo and to tell that story of that day and, you know, tell the viewer what it felt like to be there. Epic. Mike, what's, uh, what's next for you today? Next for me today is to pack for Costa Rica. Very excited. <laughs> uh, 
yeah pack pack some boards up and uh, maybe do some editing and um uh, maybe get some school work done as well but we'll see. oh so you're you're still in school yeah i'm uh enrolled in the community college here awesome what are you studying business management well done and uh is it what's the uh the, the the ultimate goal with your educational pursuit um just to have that in my back pocket you know um i think that's a really good baseline to have is just business management you know anybody to you know any business looking to hire you know you see business management you know on your um application you know you have that degree and it's, it's i think it's great to have and you know future aspirations too for me um you know have that have that knowledge and um i guess experience with the photography as well um i think it's good to have uh so far in your studies what's the number one takeaway uh it's a good question it's a good question um i i love the marketing class i, I like to you know the marketing and um and it, it, that that was fun to to do is just to market myself, I guess, and um, yeah, learning marketing. I think learning that was fun. Good, nice. Uh, could could you tell us like what about the marketing is is the the best it, part it, of it? Um, I I like to just to see what people react to, you know how to how to you know put a ad out and, you know, seeing what the impression is of, of that. I, I, I think that was really interesting. Um, and then also, also not, not including marketing, but like doing a business plan, like entrepreneurship, like how to build a business myself, you know, by myself. Um, and, you know, I wrote up a business plan for that and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is super fun. So, um, it was really good to have. And, um, yeah, I just, I, you know, with marketing, like how, um, seeing how people reacted to things, you know, any ads or anything that you put out, I, I, I think it was super fun and awesome to learn. Nice. Uh, so last question for you. Um, what is the meaning of life according to Mike Leach? showing people the ocean and showing the power of it is something, you know, that I, I love to do and, um, it's great. And, you know, just, just to have fun and, and love people and, um, show them, you know, God's creation is something, you know, that I really think I've been called to do. And, um, it's super, super fun. And beautiful, awesome. beautiful. And, um, do you have any any final things you'd like to say uh, to the audience? And uh, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give? Um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I've said everything. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking, you know, just to get started in photography, like I said, I mean, just start. Um, I mean, this is this is your art. Make it yours. Make it, you know, shoot what you like. And uh just have fun with it. Just have fun. And where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mike Leach Photo. Um, 
And my website is michaelleachphotography.com. I have prints up there. Um, have some mugs and calendars still available as well for this year. Um, yeah. Sick, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you. And that's episode 42, Speaking from Water with Mike Leach. So, so sick. Mike, thank you so much again. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks. Awesome, dude. So sick, man. Thanks, Crushed man. it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hey, so uh, I want to put together uh, like a teaser reel. Can I use uh, any of your photos in that teaser reel? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Sick. You. And uh, do you have any any words of advice for me as a as a host? I, nothing, man. I mean, you were great. That was right. awesome. Sick. Yeah. That was great. I I would have never known you didn't have your notes in front of you. Would have oh, really? Known. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I gotta yeah. tell you, I never even look at the notes because, like, I feel like if I'm like onto the notes, I can't think about what you're saying. And then mm -hmm. I can't come back with an intellectual like response. You know, I'm like, Ooh. so yeah. that's, that's, I think it worked out perfectly. Yeah, it was great. No, I'm the same way with like any interviews I do, like with film, like yeah. I, I have bullet points and things I want to cover, but yeah, I'm the same way. Like I can't respond at all. That's yeah. great. Awesome. Yeah. And that was cool. You shouted out Peyton because he, he was on the show uh, last Tuesday. So that, mm -hmm. that was, uh, that was sick. So you, you'd follow Peyton. Yeah, yeah, I followed him for a while. I I met him when he was down here um, for a swell. I think with Ryan Huckabee, he was filming him, and um, met him then down at the lighthouse, and Sick. followed him from there. And he's crushing it. He's doing good. Yeah, you guys have similar stories, like similar age, similar, uh, you know, going from one place to another. Like he was in Florida, now in Portugal. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What is he, 20, 21? Yeah, yeah, 20, uh, yeah, he's 21. That's crazy. What, you're 22? I'm 22, yeah. Yeah. I'm wow. 42. <laughs> I would have never, I thought, I thought you were 25. Uh, respect, dude, yeah. <laughs> it's all It's all my lap swimming. I, I, I attribute that to the laps. Yeah, I, I got three kids. I'm in the same bracket as uh, Jesse Hines. I, I remember going out to Hawaii and seeing him in a pipe, just like, how did this dude get the pipe and just rule pipe from the mm -hmm. outer banks? But I'm telling you, like where those waves that you guys are in are as heavy as Hawaii It's heavy. Mm -hmm. Only they break closer to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And less rocks too. <laughs> less reef, less rocks. That, less <laughs> reef, less rocks. Well, bro, um, next time I'm, I'm up your way. I, I want to say what's up and uh, thank you for joining us. And it was a pleasure meeting you and spending time with you. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, let me know when you're up here. Love to meet you in person. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you ever see my boy Dallas Tolson? Oh, yeah, I saw him the other day. Yeah, tell, tell him Sean Rake said what's up. Will do, will do. Yeah, he, he's still ripping so hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like definitely him and Dawson, like the past like couple of years, have been like on another level. Like they've been so good. Like, oh, yeah, they're so fun to watch. And Dallas, like he's always stoked too always like, stoked so cool so cool I, I went on a trip with him um like man like probably 20 years ago that he drove the entire way to the outer banks with no hands 
like because he was talking so much he was the one driving and the whole time i'm like dude can you please put your hands on the wheel uh, funny anecdote but oh, i digress yeah that's, that's well brilliant. bro good luck on your trip stay safe and uh thanks again thank you thank you all right peace